Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Fraser Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we are covering Season 11, Episode 16. Boo! Is this a terrifying clown episode for me as much as it is for Marty? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Sheck. Joining me as always, it's our resident upside-downer, it's Ryan Sansone. Boo are you, Curtis? Boo, 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 boo. It's good to be here. I, I almost was going to finish that song for you. Uh, <laughs> also with us today is our circus performer, Bradley Kirkston. Boo, Bradley. I'm sorry. Who's, who's Bradley? That, yeah, that's me. I'm Bradley. Oh, that, cleared, that cleared it up. <laughs> and today we also have a very special guest, our first returning champion. It's my brother, Ethan Check. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just boo yourself? Yeah, if somebody asked you. Hey, <laughs> Curtis got your name right, so you should feel totally honored. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm almost a little bummed because um, so so you you would not have known this, uh, Ethan, but when Kenny joined in an episode, uh, um, I mispronounced our last name. Yes, he got his he got your own name wrong. <laughs> For the record, Kenny is Ethan's brother. Yes, and <laughs> I. Is he, it's I confusing because they have they have different last names. You also yes. your brother Kurt. He is. He is. Okay. Um, we have different last names, apparently. But I, <laughs> I, I was actually, I was going to reference that, and I was going to purposely mispronounce your name today, but uh, apparently I forgot. So I'm glad I came up either way. You should, from <laughs> now on, try to mispronounce your name. That seems to go better. Uh, Curtis, you could just fix that in edits. Oh, n- none of this is getting edited out. <laughs> uh, well, uh before we dive into today's episode, um, we thought it would be fun to discuss um, irrational fears or perhaps totally rational fears that you might have, but the rest of the world seems to not have. So I'm curious, does anybody have anything they're just afraid of? Oh, me, 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 me. Can I go first? Okay. Well, I, I don't like the eagerness. So does anybody else want to go first? <laughs> sure. Uh, I, Damn. I would yes, say- Ethan, go ahead. I would say it's rational enough, but I do think I have a, a larger fear of it than most people, and that would be uh, kidney stones. I don't ever want to have to deal oh. with that, so I try to stay hydrated, and um, I think in general you got to not have too much sugar or too much salt in your diet. Um, Ooh. What's you, left? You were, exactly. you, were fine with, you were fine with overhydrating. Like, great. That, that's that's a... why I, I hydrate to compensate, because I can't really do the other parts that well, so... That sounds like a motto. I hydrate to compensate. <laughs> Can that be our, our podcast motto, Curtis? Uh, I, I kind of want it to be my life motto because it sounds like me. <laughs> it sounds like something we should try. I've never been hydrated before. Like if you go down like the checklist of like ways to be healthy, the only one I really check off is drinking lots of water. <laughs> <laughs> most, most of your body's water. So, you know, if maybe the... Even, bad parts will uh, be flushed out. I don't know. Even more of your body's water. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like uh, I, I'm i somebody who hates pain. And so a kidney stone does sound like something I should be very afraid of. But you're right. I I am blindly just trusting that it will never be a problem for me. Like all other health issues, I will never have to deal with them. I am immortal. That is how I, I live my life. Have you ever seen a picture of one close up? Why, no. would, I do, why would I do that? Well, I, I it was the internet. It came upon me. So <laughs> basically it's like, it's, it's like crystallized. So like you see it, it's just like a shard. It's just, it's mm. awful. It's not like, I don't know when I, when I first heard about it, I would have thought like, 
a musket pellet type of thing, like something rounded somehow. But no, that's not the case. It'll stab stab through your urethra. It's perfectly rational until you say you're cutting out sugar and salt, like the the big two. That's wild. You'd have to. They would have to be like like baby size for me. In to fairness, be, I don't think I don't think up. the idea is that you must cut out all sugger and all salt. So much as no, you should said, moderate your consumption. He hydrates to compensate and he probably eats less than me of both those things. Well, that's probably true. Uh, well, uh, Brad, I feel like you have been uh, very patient. Well, go ahead. What, what was your rational fear? Wait, wait, wait. Curtis, I got one. <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay. Sorry, Brad. Uh, <laughs> sit, sit still. Uh, Brian, what do you got? So actually, I don't have an irrational fear, uh, but I... I have a, a, a big distrust. I distrust the reflection of my mirror. Okay. What is happening? <laughs> it's, I, if, if my reflection was to do something that I'm not doing, it wouldn't totally throw me off. I'd be like, yeah, what? I've been waiting for this my whole life. <laughs> You're saying that you think your reflection has a mind of its own? No, I'm just saying if it did, I wouldn't be that surprised. Okay. Have you ever experienced anything like that? It never once has betrayed me, no. Okay. But I'm, I'm on to it. What about your shadow? Something about you and mirrors and having a problem with them reminds me of the time that you discovered like you had one ear at a different height than the other ear. Oh, that was, that was, that was traumatic. <laughs> you were, tra- I, well, you can tell the story, but I, I just remember it and it was very funny. I don't, were you with me when I found out? I think I found out. No, on, you were, you were counted it to me later. I found out on St. Patty's Day, which is a terrible time to learn this thing. And I stared at a mirror and it didn't, unfortunately, did not betray me. My ears just aren't level. They're just at different heights for no reason. But wasn't it like you were trying to like get your sideburns even? Probably. I think that's what you said. You were trying to get your like sideburns even and and you kept not quite being right. And eventually you just kind of realized it wasn't the sideburns, sideburns that were off. It was the ears were not level. You know it's a good story when the person who it's about can't even tell the story. So this is going to be great on the radio. Well, it, tra- it, it tracks because I there's no reason to look at a mirror back then unless I was leveling the sideburns, which I had some aggressive ones. I think to overcompensate for off-kilter years. You had some great sideburns in the early days. Yeah, They're, they're intense. Well, obviously, uh, I guess How that's about you, me. So, uh, yeah, I, um, oh, come I, on! I am... I'm uh, I I would say that uh, for me, and this is one that developed in college, but I, I don't think I'm over it. Um, I don't think it's irrational either um, because they are out to get us. So, you know, if you ever go to like a bar or like any place with dancing, um, they'll have like they, they used to have disco balls. But now they have like these laser guns that just shoot like little dots of lasers all over the dance floor. And they like run around and, and jiggle and move. Um, those. Gonna- I'm just kidding. your lasers are not running around. They're moving. They're just they're all over the place. They're 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 moving around the dance floor, and I'm confident that they are sentient and they are malevolent. Why did you not back me on the mirror thing? That feels like the same idea. Well, yours is obviously a crazy person talk. <laughs> we're we're in real trouble if someone shines a laser into a mirror. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, that I think that's enough. I think. Uh, I whoa, think whoa, what about me? What about it me? It's legitimately important for Brad to go last because we might have to cut out whatever he says. His excitement was way too high. All right, no, Brad, go ahead. What What is yours? Okay, so I have a huge fear of elevators. I'm not a fan of them. Every time I go into an elevator, my hands start shaking, and I'm scared I'm not going to get out. 
Um, I've never actually been stuck in an elevator, but it's a huge fear of mine to the fact that at work, what I do is I, if I need to move things upstairs or downstairs, I put things in the elevator, run up the stairs and catch the <laughs> elevator with the stuff in it. Oh no. <laughs> How, wait, this is just one flight, I assume. Yeah. I mean, I've done up to two if I have to, but what's the, what's the tallest, like what's the, what's the tallest you've gone in an elevator while dealing with this? What, what's the tallest you've skipped as well? Like you've just taken the stairs. Great question. I mean, I've I've probably gone. I I have gone up like thirty flights in an elevator. I just shake the whole time. I the thought most, you were about to say stairs. That would have been crazy. The the most I probably uh woke uh, walked up the stairs is um uh, um uh let's redo that statement. The most I've probably ever um walked up a flight of stairs to to ignore an elevator is eight flights. Ooh. Oh my wow. god, what? Wow. Eight regular people flights? Eight regular paper flights. People oh, flights. Paper, paper flights. Oh my even if it was eight paper flights, honestly. <laughs> That's I, I, a lot. I'm pretty sure I've even done this with you guys, but I've walked in an elevator before and it uh, like something weird has happened. I've been like, no. And I just got it right off and walked up the stairs. Yeah, but that's totally like in character with you. You got a lot of nervous energy anyway. Yeah. Well, it's impossible to know when you like you are a person that it is impossible to gauge whether you are doing a bit or whether you actually feel Uh, something. A hundred percent. But elevators uh, and calling me a guest are the two things that really get me. Eight well, flights is eight flights is crazy. I I don't know if I've ever walked up eight flights. I do think we should address it early because it, it will be very noticeable to anybody listening. You uh you are not doing a bit with your voice. Wait, oh god, you, you if, didn't turn if, into Super Dave. Here's the thing: the one thing about me that I hate to admit on air is voices are not something I exceed at. Doing wow, sense. I know. Wow, so, this is a huge admission. I've been waiting for at least ten years to hear you say that. If if I actually w- was doing a bit, I'd be so impressed with myself to be able to pull off this voice. But I promise you, this is real life, and this is what I've been dealing with for a couple of days. So I hope this whole audience enjoys the pain that I'm going through right now. But I know I sound like a muppet. Please enjoy. Don't worry, buddy. I definitely am. All right. Sounds good, homies. All right. Why don't we talk about this week's episode? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. We probably should do that. We open with balloons floating over the city and Fraser racing to crank up the volume on Vivaldi. Martin sneaks up behind him for a little scare, and an embarrassed Fraser screams like a girl. Yeah. So the title becomes pretty obvious pretty quickly. Uh, so that's well, always helpful. In the title card, once again, extremely relevant to the plot. So relevant. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to bring that up. Fine. <laughs> it's, it's hard not to watch it now. It's, it couldn't have been more on the clown nose. Yeah, Ethan, we've been, we've been, especially Brad has been really arguing that it, the things that happen to the skyline are always sort of just random, but every single one we've seen has been relevant to the content of the episode. The colorful balloons. Yeah. By the way, I want to mention, I didn't put this in my summary, but there are a lot of things going on in this scene um, that I don't know how much we really want to talk about them necessarily, but there's just a lot of setup going on. So uh, Fraser mentions his patient, who's a nurse, who's afraid of clowns. Uh, Marty also mentions that he's afraid of clowns. And Ronnie sets up that she's visiting her mom. Yeah, we don't, the admin's not as interested. There's so many weird parts to this scene. I know, yes. Like, out the gate, Fraser, Fraser not only air conducts, 
he makes it like a mad dash to go grab his I don't know so what conducting it. The, the I, running, the running was so uncoordinated. I really enjoyed it because that's how I look. But he, like, yes, he he ran and he had uh, what food in his hand or something. No, he had like a chopstick or something yeah. to then go conduct with. Oh, uh, but he was very excited. And I, Kurt, I think the, uh, you said uh, in your summary uh, that he was running for Vivaldi. Because I think in the well, okay, I think he said Brahms at some the, point. Yeah, Vivaldi's a type of cheese, right? I didn't, I did not <laughs> clock what the actual composer was. I, I just liked the alliteration you took, of volume on uh, Vivaldi. I was All right, took a shot at it. Here, here's the problem. So I, you don't have to. You can edit this out. I was going to look it up and purposely did it because I thought you did. I listened to your notes. So that's hilarious. Damn it! I will. I will say you don't have to say I can edit it out. I will edit it out if I feel like editing it out. Also, feel but, free to fact check Curtis. He's frequently wrong. He just sounds right. I'm yeah. wrong a lot of the time. Okay, I learned my lesson. Okay, and good to know. Uh, and he definitely did say say Brahms, and uh, I did think it was interesting that in the scene there were multiple references to Germans because. There was Brahms, as well as uh, they mentioned the Flying Wallendas. Niles, yeah, I didn't know what was happening. Niles there. wanted to be yeah. an acrobat, which is I don't think was something that was ever canon prior to this episode. Um, <laughs> well, we will find out. <laughs> it's like one of his first big character reveals. What do you mean? <laughs> and I did look after it up. The... I was just I was very curious. The Flying Wallendas uh, were a family of stunt performers, or at least a, a group, and. Uh, some and uh, they did high wire acts without a safety net, and Ooh. Carl Walenda, who started it, uh, fell to his death at the age of seventy three. Oh my gosh! Did this uh, precipitate his son becoming a superhero? Um, he also became. I think he also was an aerialist, and I'm not sure if his. Oh, uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if his his son also died from falling. Someone else died from falling. Um, and he has a grand. A lot of people. A lot of people have died from falling. Yeah. Well, after after last week's episode, I'm not allowed to comment on anything German, so I'll just let this bit uh, go. <laughs> we we get it. You support it. <laughs> um, I if you, if you're gonna fall to your death at 73, that's a great way to go out. Good for for sorry, the flying Valencia or whatever. Especially doing a public stunt. Yeah, traumatizing people on your way out. Perfect. <laughs> I have you guys ever air conducted? I I feel like I probably have, but he oh, seemed like he was. Have. He seemed like, he, oh, yeah, you famously have. Yes. <laughs> I, Moving I on. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. I feel like he didn't do it well. I, I would agree. No. I, made, I made a note of it because I, I was a, uh, a, a field commander for my high school marching band. You guys get the title commander? That sounds so much cooler than the job is. Yeah. yeah field commander's amazing. I would have <laughs> definitely gone into whatever you are about to talk about. Yeah, congratu- congratulations, Commander Chef. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> how, how many stars and bars do you get for that? Well, for Commander, that's I think it's uh, three dots on the, on the neckline, um, based on Star Trek, at least. And uh, I would say <laughs> Frazier did not have a consistent ictus, so I didn't think it was right? very good. Oh my god, Brad, I texted you that. <laughs> the ictus. The ictus was all over the place. <laughs> the ictus was icky. Yeah. Uh, Curtis, how come you weren't a field commander or whatatever, a district commander when you were in high school? I've, I've well, I was one of the really popular kids because I was not in the band. I was in the orchestra. What 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 rank did you rise to in the orchestra? I think at some point I was first violin. Oh, were you? How come we didn't know this? We would call you first Curtis. <laughs> 
That's going to sound real weird with my voice. Curtis. <laughs> yeah. What's it like? What's it like talking to Miss Piggy? <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Well, first violin. Whatever. Can we move on, please? All so right. much stuff to cover. I didn't. I didn't think Fraser's scream was that man or that womanly. It really wasn't. They give him a, a lot of people give him a lot of guff. It wasn't a manly throaty wail, but it wasn't a woman's scream. He did he fine. I, I agree. I, I don't get to use the expression thir- 30, 30. Ah, that's because nah, you can't say it. I, I don't get to use the expression throaty wail too often. And you're forbidden from trying. So I, yeah, I was very excited that I got to hear that. And it's something that I will make sure that I use more often. You were excited. You got to hear a throaty wail. If somebody asked me to describe uh, the, the sound of, of your voice, Brad, I think I might describe it as a throaty wail. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Bit. I describe my voice as a 13-year-old boy going through puberty, so I think I'd rather... Oh, right have, now, uh, yes. Yeah, I think I'd rather have throaty whale. It's too bad this isn't the whale episode. You would have done much better on that one. That's true. Yeah, for sure. And Martin gets a new cane? That yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which I really thought was going to be commented on. Like, I thought maybe it was going to be, like, a thing where, like, it's not as supportive, and so he, like, falls because of the cane. But the cane really doesn't have any role to play other than her establishing that it makes him look younger. We don't know that. Maybe it would have had more support. He would have been fine later. Maybe. I think the whole point is it, it kind of starts this conversation of Martin trying to be younger and not trying yes. to seem old. So it kind of starts this. Yes. Well, I don't think that that doesn't have any effect on him scaring Frazier. Frazier's just got his back turned repeatedly. I I, I, I was just, curious. I, just, I didn't look uh, like, did, did he keep that cane or did they go back to the four-pronged usual cane in the episodes that came after that's a great question oh. this is one of those things we couldn't have possibly looked for <laughs> <laughs> it's a question that will never be answered you could line up a hundred canes i wouldn't recognize a single one of them that's the problem with going in reverse order yes that's the problem being able to tell the canes apart yeah and it's a list of complaints um look i was happy with it because you know i love a good mr peanut joke so big fan yeah it's fine there's a weird plot point here that's confusing for the upside down. Ronnie's mom being a chaperone to the to the the Niles and Fraser's dances are super weird. I don't really understand that. Like we know she, I think, what babysat him. We established in previous episodes. Yes. But I have no idea why she would be a chaperone for a school dance that doesn't track with what we know so far. I mean, it makes sense. Like I, I could see why she would be a chaperone to her daughter's school dance. But you're yeah. right that if she was babysitting, then Fraser and Niles would be a few years younger. They have to have a huge age gap, to, or at least some, a considerable. Well, only one. a few years, really. Maybe there's an implied sibling in there. Was there yeah, any? maybe she has like a, a, a younger brother or sister that went to the same school. I guess that's what we have to assume, but it's still a very confusing past how these guys interweave. I did really, really enjoy the line uh, Fraser gives that uh, it must have been a very windy day when the, fel- the apple fell from that tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. Top, top yeah. to your line. We almost blew right past it. That, that was a very funny joke. We got our first title card. Send in the clown. Nina the nurse is enduring Fraser's questionable therapy techniques of clown immersion. When she leaves, Marty takes another opportunity to scare Fraser. A plan is put in motion to dress up as a clown to help Nina. This was the most shocking scene. Not only does he have one job, he has two jobs he doesn't go to? This is crazy. <laughs> and a sign across the country. Is this the earliest we had a title card? Scene two? 
Uh, it's, see, no, we, no, I, I mean, think that the, happens. Okay, I think literally the first episode they do it. Um, be the last episode. I have a canon order, and I'm sticking to it. Fair enough, Captain Jack. Uh, uh, it is no surprise that Fraser is horrible at his job. This other job as well. So far, we're two for two on jobs. He's very bad at if he shows up at all. Yeah, I mean, I would not take advice from Fraser. Is what I learned. He will not be my psychiatrist if I ever need one, because he. Yeah, very, very, very bad uh, advice and weird ways of doing things. Horrible execution. I, I, we don't know what they've done so far work wise, but Jack in the Box—that's like worst case clown. I feel like <laughs> it's just yeah. Well, it is interesting later when he um when when he's uh just holding it and it's popping on accident and like instead of having any amount of empathy for this woman and being like, oh no, let me hold it tight. Like I'm sorry. Like. I understand this is really, you know, scary for you. His reaction is just kind of be nonchalant about it. And then says maybe the worst thing, which is, oh, it's very mischievous, isn't it? And she's like, you're not controlling it? <laughs> which was an incredible line, but again, clearly shows just how insane he is. Yes. I, you have to kind of think he's doing it on purpose. Jack in the boxes aren't that difficult to work. You let one slip, maybe. You don't let it slip two to three times. Come on. Yeah, again, from us uncoordinated people in America, I could see myself accidentally doing that three times. This did so, feel a little. This did feel yeah. a little bradish. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna defend him on this one because I believe in my mind that Fraser is just as, as uncoordinated as I am. So, but to attack him, um, <laughs> you should not be a, a therapist to anybody. Absolutely not. But I'm not. <laughs> you know, I, I also know that with the uh, the Jack in a Box. Uh, it seemed to be the same uh, model um, that was used in Elf. I remember that scene where he's where hey, he's forced fun. to test the Jack in the Boxes. I looked it up, and it looks like a, a company called Shilling Shiling, something like that, out of out of Massachusetts. Makes that model. Yeah, I don't know how it became the TV Jack in the Box, but good on them. It's because it's the only Jack in the Box that looks good on camera. It's the only one. <laughs> Well, it's the only one that doesn't close reliably, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that sure. Ethan is just determined to make us look bad at our jobs by <laughs> I yeah, Brad, having done all this research, has all these interesting factoids. Yeah, Brad, why didn't you Google that one? Yeah, I, I really should have. I'm sorry. Um, I just kind of already knew that there was only one Jack in the Box for every TV show. <laughs> you thought that was common knowledge? Yeah, I just thought everybody do that. Yeah. I do like the idea that it, it canon is this is one of those Jack in the Boxes that Buddy let slip because he was terrified of one of them popping up. Yeah, this is one of those Nick Cannons. Okay. What does that mean? I didn't get that reference. Yeah, it's one of those cannons. We were talking about cannons. Oh, my God. Okay. You just want to hear my beautiful voice. <laughs> Wait, sorry. What did you say, Brad? You just want to hear my beautiful voice. I didn't like the way that Frazier was having her touch the clown. I thought that had like an element of creep to it that I did, didn't appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could definitely re-edit this scene and make it seem like a horror film. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. Great call. Actually, that's a, a lot of the episode we could, that, that could show up. Easily. Yeah. When this show gets big, we're going to start, re- we'll start uh, uploading clips on YouTube and re-editing them to make like horror films. We'll call it Frazier Horror. Great. Great name. Well, that's a, that sounds like a wonderful editing project you will be doing. <laughs> we'll work on the name later. The Roz brings Frazier clown makeup, and with Martin continuing to mock his son, Frazier hatches a plan. He dresses up as a clown with a cleaver to scare Pops. But when the old man collapses, no one is laughing. 
before we talk about the seat, has anyone on here dressed up like a clown? And I have, for the record. No one's surprised. You sound like one right now. I don't think that I have. Maybe, but I don't have any recollection of doing so. I went, I went as a clown for Halloween once. How old were you? I went as a clown when I was like four. I didn't have any agency. When did you go as a clown? Oh, I was definitely like 11 or 12. That's tough. That's a tough look. Yeah. No, I wasn't that old. I was, I was probably nine. Nine. Was that a choice? For any of our viewers out there that did dress as a clown when they were 11 or 12 for Halloween, let me know. Let me know I'm wrong. It seems like a bad move, though. All right, lots of, again, a ton, a ton to cover on this scene. Oh, yes. yeah. This is like the scene. I, I do enjoy Roz. I think it's in the scene for about 30 seconds, has one line, and then leaves. It's great. It seems like this is going to be her Roz is here for no reason scene, but yeah. then she shows up later, too. It's like, what? You don't need Roz for both scenes. It's like they felt like they had to pay her to be in the episode, but they really didn't need her at all. It really feels like Daphne could have showed up for one of those, too. Well, I was going to say, you're, you're, you're really uh, complaining about the lack of Roz. I, I mean, Daphne has exactly one scene, and it is in, we'll get to it, but it's in the post-credits, like, just the the scrambled egg scene. Well, there's there's no, well, we'll talk about it in the later scene, because there's just no reason for her to be there. All right, but this one, there's a lot to cover again. Uh, Frazier's, Frazier's motions, again, are incredible. Yeah, his body's, the clownishness is uh, oh really yes. impressive. We get another creepy run. We get a weird dance move he's doing. The way he rings the doorbell gives me so much joy. Oh, yeah. And, and like, that doorbell has never... I don't know if they made any actual changes to the sound effect, but the fact that they made it so clown-like with his with the <laughs> the way he hit it, mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was fantastic. The, uh, the knife run, when he's running with the knife across the room, that reminded me of you, Curtis. I could totally see you... <laughs> run exactly like that with with a knife also for all you out there don't run with a cleaver yeah a hundred percent yeah especially if you're uncoordinated especially if you're not funny yes if you can't control a jack-in-the-box don't run with a knife yes like for the record i would never actually do that because i'm not an idiot and i know if i did do that it would end terribly wrong yeah you used to get hurt in our in our at college just because you had a bed a hundred percent that was a terrible time for my voice to crack. But. <laughs> Guys, powder room alert. It's back. I was, <laughs> I was getting so nervous. I think we went two episodes with that one. It felt good. It felt good. I literally wrote in my notes. I wasn't going to say it. I was going to let you say it. But I, I did write exactly that. Powder room alert in my notes. I knew you'd be yes. excited. Oh, I was thrilled. I mean, it was an insane reason to use it. Like <laughs> a great little curveball. Because like. You expect him to be on the other side of the door, and then he's like, no. Yeah, just be at the door. He had a layer. He maximizes his ability to scare his father. Like, obviously, just clown suit from behind would be enough. Just clown suit at the door would probably be enough. Look, again, for some reason in this episode, I'm Frazier's biggest defender. Um, And he just, I felt like he really just went, went for it. He really was creative, and he's like, how can I get the most out of this scare? Why would you take a knife to your your old ass dad? That's a crazy move. Here's the thing: I don't think I think he just really wanted to laugh. He's serving a back. He really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Didn't want to be a funny daddy. Yeah. Oh, he's not a funny daddy, but he's got a dead dad now. A daddy daddy. <laughs> Wait, daddy is, daddy. Yeah, should we assume that for the rest of the series uh, we've been watching Ghost Martin? Yes. Is that why oh he hasn't God, had yes. much to do? Makes the final episode way darker. Rest in peace, John Mahoney. But you guys did you guys did say he seemed out of character for a lot of those episodes. So I think it tracks. 
I don't know if I, I don't remember that. I don't know if he necessarily was out of character so much as he just didn't have much to do. So there wasn't much character to come through. Well, he yeah. tried to, he tried to get Frazier to hook up with his, his fiance. I mean, to, what do you mean? I mean, what are you about to say? Well, I was going to say, I don't remember the show well enough to know whether that specific detail is out of character for him or not. <laughs> we can presume it probably is out of character, but I don't know. Well, specific, specifically, when Ethan was here last, we talked about the last Martin or the second to last Martin scene where he uh, he comments on Daphne's tits. And oh, everyone right. clocked that as out of character. It is funny. I will say, uh, you know, it's interesting having Ethan back or really anybody on at this point, because I feel like I'm struggling to even remember some of the previous episodes. And we clearly have had so much like running memory of like, oh, man, and that happened. And, and I feel like. Ethan, are you just lost when we we're talking about these things, or are they? Are you like able to keep track of like what we're saying? Um, I I put things together for the most part. I I think the uh, I do remember that uh, Martin joke about Daphne's films, uh, and uh, it was uh, that one was like what? And I don't I don't I do not recall at all the thing about the fiance. Or, or, was there a scene where Martin was trying to get Fraser with Ronnie? Aggressive, aggressively. Martin basically uh, kind of, and actually, it's kind of in character because we see in this episode he loves the jokes. He loves, yeah. he loves messing with people, and so he was basically saying to to Fraser, "Why don't you take my robe and go into the bedroom and pretend to be me and and like play a real jape on on Ronnie?" Lord. And he he like Fraser is like, "I'm not doing that." And then like when before the scene ends, he's like, "Quick though, why don't you just go into my." fiance's room pretend to be me and Fraser once again has to turn him down yeah he really goes hard for the joke which I guess funny we, guy. Do, we do see that here he does go haul out for jokes yeah he's just really committed to the gig maybe well so now that we think about the order maybe that episode he was just really trying to help Fraser get out of his fuddy duddy rut he was just like you gotta learn how jokes work brother <laughs> and instead all he needed was an old lady to steal from exactly Totally in character for Fraser to have killed his dad, by the way. At the hospital, Fraser gives Niles and Roz a partial account of what happened. Niles blames himself and praises Fraser for saving their dad's life. When the truth comes out, a mob scares Fraser, but not as much as he scares poor Nurse Nina. Why couldn't he change his shoes? <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's wearing like he's wearing like shoe covers. It's not even the shoes themselves. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> It was very bizarre to me. I'm just glad he put that in the knife at this point. <laughs> it's it was before the scene even started. I it, it was I clocked like Marty is getting married like minutes from now. It never once is this mentioned ever that he almost just died. Well, and I want to I want to I want to kind of uh, say there was I think it was some really good writing in this scene because uh, Fraser is of course dressed ridiculously and it wouldn't make sense to go uncommented on. So Niles is like, "Why are you dressed as a clown?" And very quickly, Frazier, like, says, I have this patient. He's like, oh, yes, I remember. Like, we don't, as the audience, need the exposition. But they very cleverly, like, explained away, like, why is nobody commenting on the dress? But, oh, like, yeah. didn't have to revisit the whole thing. I agree. And, and, and it was good that, you know, Niles took it and then, yeah, was able to just kind of move on with it and not bemoan the point or anything like that. And there was, there was one moment in this scene that I really enjoyed which was uh, when the the nurse or whoever had come out to recall the paramedics report and Fraser's trying to like brush her off before she gets to the part where he 
was the cause of the heart attack. And he says something like, that's right, it's all there, off you go. And I feel like I feel like he must he must say that line a lot throughout the show because it's so much like farce and trying to, you know, uh, avoid the awkward moment before the train hits or whatever. I feel like that little off you go is is uh, very quintessentially Frasier. And it's just condescending enough yes. for Frasier, right? Like, I was more mad at the nurse. I think you, you pull him aside. You don't just announce to the whole room that you almost killed your dad. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that. That was not, the, that was not good bedside manner. Come on. I love, is it really? I, I could be wrong. I really don't know. But is it the nurse's job to confirm the police report? Like what? <laughs> no. <laughs> what is Absolutely happening there? Absolutely not. <laughs> It really doesn't matter in any way. <laughs> this was this was another scene where we where Frazier's super comfortable lying to everyone. Like he's doing that big put on where he's like, "Oh, you couldn't wear my shoes, of course." But <laughs> I was gonna say that's funny how that you looked at it that way. I looked at it as, "Wow, the writers wanted to do something funny, and they took a, te- a very boring, uh, lazy approach to try to get that joke out there by having the nurse announce it." Yeah, I mean, that is a little silly, but I, I do kind of appreciate, like, in, at least on the side of uh, Kelsey Grammer, like, I think the acting was pretty good that he was, like, clearly wrestling with his guilt, and he was about to confess and say what really happened, but then kind of sees an out and just kind of takes it um, in the moment because he's embarrassed, and, and I kind of appreciate that part, but you're right, like, the part where he gets told, tattletailed on by the nurse doesn't really make a lot of sense. no. But his his sheepish his sheepish smile when she's revealing it was pretty great. I really enjoyed him caught in the act. There's a there's a worse version of this episode where he focused like so much on that, like oh, and now Fraser's trying to hide it for however long, and like drawing that out so much. Oh yeah, and it was really nice that it was just like one scene. You have the big you have the setup, and then the payoff of uh, him being found out. And you moved on in the next scene to the story more about Martin. Yeah. You're right. I, it, I did think that last scene was going to be about the Frasier getting busted. I didn't think it was happening here. Yeah, that's true. That is nice. That <laughs> kind of just moves on quickly. That's a good point. And I, I, I do like that they, they kind of end the scene with the nurse because it, it's a good little cap to that storyline. It's it, it, it makes that a complete story instead of just like a way to get him in the clown makeup. Do you think it would have worked? Do you think the immersion therapy would have worked or was she toast anyway? I mean, I will give, I will give Frazier this credit. What he does say is that when she freaks out, when the Jack in the box goes off, he does say that um, she didn't run out of the room or puke, which apparently she did before. So he, she does sound like she's improving. So maybe his techniques work. Okay. I don't have to trust Frazier. I think she has never done that before. He was just being mean. <laughs> Well, I like that version better, actually. It would have been very nice to see him, uh, to see the character um, have future episodes to deal with the clown issues. I mean, tor- torturing this poor lady. Well, I don't think that patient is ever going back to him. Well, that's fair. Oh, we know he. We know no one goes back to him. This is literally <laughs> his last moments of trying to help someone. Yeah, they made no attempt to uh, like, like they give us one last scene of his like last radio episode, but they make no attempt to kind of wrap up or end his little practice. I assume this is the first time we saw him at work. I assume he hasn't done this at all the rest of the series. <laughs> Maybe. Well, we get our next title card, D Fibbing. So Martin returns from the hospital, greeted by Deddy and a new diet. He resolves to keep his this little incident from Ronnie to the dismay of Fraser and Niles, aka Files. 
When she comes over, Ronnie's attitude about her elderly mother solidifies Martin's fears about being seen as feeble. Dog, dog, dog. I saw the dog. He definitely existed. 100%. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't I, we, I didn't think we needed to do a daddy do or daddy don't today because it was pretty um, commented on that the dog was there. Even if you weren't watching, if you were just listening to the episode, you would have known. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was still, I was still super excited to see it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, uh, you know, Frazier is trying to be this, like, good son and feel bad about it. But then he makes a couple comments where he's pretty much blaming his dad for the heart attack and not him. What, what do you mean? Like, when he starts, like, you know, auto, you know, he starts, like, automatically blaming his dad for the diet and all the things he has to take out. Um, and he's, like, trying to, like, to get the blame off of himself, it felt like. I don't think he was, I mean, yes, he was trying to deflect blame. He, he was tr- I think it was less that he was trying to blame his dad, more that he was trying to reframe his horrible behavior as a great warning sign to make changes before it's too late. It was definitely his selfish way of, of behaving, but it, it wasn't, I don't think he was exactly defending what he did so much as uh, trying to paint it in a better light. He was deflecting, that's true. Yeah. He was, he was deflecting. I think he demanded that Martin thank him. It's like, you really should thank me. Yeah, like, that's no. What that's true. <laughs> that's what it was. That's what really got me when he said that. I was like, huh. That's right. Like, no, no one should thank you for you giving them a heart attack. Pretty sure. We really move the needle storyline-wise on this one. We find out Daphne can't cook. That's true. Yes. In, that her, is- in her first moment of the episode. She's not even there. She, her, her first moment in the episode is to be commented on what a bad cook she is. And her only actual appearance, which again, we will get to. Um, is just a riff on that. Yeah, good for her. She just got paid to do nothing in this episode. So yeah, I feel like that is something that uh, I'm sure when you're doing as many episodes a season as a show like this does, and you're 11 years in, you must as an actor just be like, oh, great. This is the best. Like, this is basically a week off. So insane way to, to like, fib about Frasier. Just like, oh, he has man problems. What? <laughs> I know he just gave you a heart attack, but damn. I, I didn't feel bad at all. It's crazy, but I, I, I like it because, A, it's like a little bit of a uh, comeuppance for Frazier um, for what he did. But also, um, clearly, it's just more evidence that um, Martin really knows Ronnie well because her reaction is, glad there's antibiotics, huh? And, like, he knew that would be her reaction. He knew the way out is just to mention VD, and she would be like, got it. Say no more. Which I don't think antibiotics treat VD. I think it depends on the... Oh, sorry, I thought, we, I thought that we were talking about ED. Oh, no. Oh. oh, is that... Oh, wait, you think his dad got him flowers for not getting it up? Well, I, I know his dad didn't, but... <laughs> I think the fact that they say man problem and, and keep it vaguely embarrassing helps uh, kind of smooth over whatever uh, details are necessary. Yeah, And uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's a good jab at Frazier with it, even though, like, clearly he's not worried about, like, you know, fighting him about, like, how how dare you scare me or whatever. Like, that doesn't, that's not even on his radar. He's just like, oh, I'm worried about how she's going to yeah. react. And so my son's still kind of an idiot. Yeah, that, that is interesting. I do. We don't get the scene where this happens, but I really do believe Martin, when he comes out of the hospital initially, probably, like, forgives Frazier and is like, don't feel bad. Like it was a good, it yeah. was a good bit. I like, respect you got me game respect no, he, game. Like that's absolutely should feel bad. hundred <laughs> percent guys, guys, 
Powder room alert. We got two in a row this episode. So we we need we need to come up with a, a powder room drop. Brad, can <laughs> you just kind of talk? That would, that should work. Drop the powder room. Drop the powder room. Oh my room. god. Jesus Christ. That's scarier than the clown. <laughs> drop but your voice didn't crack, so that's good. Drop the power room. Power room? What? Oh. Okay, let's try that again. Drop the powder room. Oh, sure. what, do you, what do you mean drop it? Uh, yeah, I don't true. think he knows where the drop is, but he heard no. me say it, so he felt like he had to use it. I'll, I'll, come with, I'll, I'll come up with something better next time we have a powder room. Keep that on my list. Oh, done. Well, uh, I did notice an actual goof in this episode, which I was so... I'm always excited when I see one of these, um, like, continuity issues. So, um, at the about the 15-minute mark in the episode, uh, Ronnie says about her mom that she sits around all day like she's 100. And then it cuts to Files' reaction shot, where they're kind of reacting to what she said. But the timing's off. And in the corner, you can still see Ronnie talking. And she it's, it's been made silent. But you can see her mouthing the phrase, like, like she's 100. Oh. Interesting. I thought it was kind of funny. I thought you don't watch the background. I, I, that's why I was so excited about it. Like, I, to me, this is like powder room alert, powder room alert. <laughs> I saw Someone it Someone dropped that powder room. The powder room was helpful, though. A good thing that's a completely soundproof powder room, and they're not four feet from this conversation, so no reveals have to happen. the The kitchen also serves as a uh, completely soundproof area. No, no sound escape from it. Yeah, never. Whenever they need to have a side come. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's just how rich people live, I assume. So there was a weird comment here where they they. We didn't know in the upside down if she was actually if they were actually engaged just yet, and they were kind of surprised that both Niles and Fraser were kind of surprised that Ronnie stays the night. Like, the, why is there underwear in Martin's room? Oh, we haven't actually gotten to that scene yet. So yeah. let me let me let me uh, introduce that. Niles goes through Ronnie's underwear for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the line I wrote. He and Fraser reminisce about their aging father and all the good times they refused to have with him. Yeah, the boys are creepy. <laughs> yeah, he opens exactly one drawer, and yeah. it is the underwear drawer. What? What? And everyone knows underwear is on top. Like, you shouldn't be surprised that that's the underwear drawer. Also, even if even if Ronnie wasn't <laughs> even involved, who goes through their parents' drawers like that? That was weird. Weird. Yeah. But they're like. Who's a pa- whose panties are these? Like, uh, I guess maybe Ronnie stays the night. It's like, yeah, they're they're been no, in a couple for a long time. No, probably. I, th- maybe. I, I think I think Niles legitimately was like concerned that his dad was wearing panties. He's a psychiatrist. That's probably where his mind goes. Oh, from the guy who wanted to wear a unitard. Correct. I just want to say, if I if I ever opened uh, a drawer, anyone's drawer, it doesn't matter, but certainly my father's, and I saw like their underwear, whether it was lingerie or not. My reaction would just be to quickly close the drawer and and hope I could forget what I had seen. I don't think I would ever comment on it, let alone question, is my dad into women's underwear? You wouldn't immediately tell Ethan? Even if he was standing right there, no. Well, Curtis, we need you to go home this weekend and and try it out and see what your reaction is. Not sure what you're asking me to do. What exactly am I supposed to try out? He wants you to go loot around your dad's underwear drawer. And nail the women's underwear. Well, yes. I, I, I literally need to know if it was planted or not. That's not a 
important. You won't admit to it being planted later, obviously. Oh, boy. So we don't see Martin's room much in this show. And the fact that they had like a whole scene in it was I, I hadn't really noted, like realized when I'd watched this episode before, but it stuck out. A scene that he's not even yeah. in his own bedroom, like they're in his bedroom. I think this is the second bedroom we see. We saw Charlotte's. I think that's yes, it. Yes, we did see Charlotte's. I think we've seen Fraser's bedroom. We've seen Fraser's. I don't. Yes. yes. No, I thought this... they were. I thought they were in the living room when. No, no, no. The, the scene in Fraser at the at the last scene of one of the episodes when he realizes he's in love with Charlotte and he can't sleep. Oh yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah good point. Well, this is the first time we hung out in one, I guess. Correct. Uh, the, so Niall says a line in this scene that um, is near and dear to my heart. Now today, I think it would be seen very cliche. Um, but I'm pretty sure at the time it was not like, I think it was like a kind of an original line. He calls it a football ball. Yeah. I marked that. Yeah. Well. That's I, I remember, I remember seeing that when we watched the show when it aired originally. And I remember feeling so seen in that <laughs> moment. Such a yeah. dumb joke. But unfortunately, that joke became a dumb joke because everyone uses it. But I think you're right. At the time. That wasn't as that wasn't as common before sports ball became significant. Yeah, I don't think you'd be rolling your eyes, Ryan, if you had never heard it before. <laughs> but you've heard it a million times. So from you, yeah. yeah. What uh, do you think he's like trying to be witty when he's saying that, or is he like this is the correct designation because it is a football? Oh, he's totally being yeah. sincere. He doesn't. He doesn't know. He's a. He doesn't understand football balls at all. We know this guy loves uh, athletes. I'm sorry. What? He wanted what? to be a trapeze artist. Oh, okay. I was I was really confused. What what scene you had watched that I missed? Because I believe they also play squash. We we don't know if that's true, but they've said it. The best way the best way I've ever heard described uh, Fraser and Niles is Fraser knows that he's being pretentious. Niles does not realize they're being pretentious. Hmm. Okay, I could see that. I also noticed on the wall there was like framed badge or or patch or something since he was a cop and i think there was a picture that was just like whoa whoa easy <laughs> that, hey. that might be, i don't think that's technically okay. a spoiler um Does that not come but, up but it is I, I don't think it's ever well we we've seen cops in a wedding but yeah, i don't believe they were, they were cops related. in the wedding but they didn't comment on them enough to so i think we did reveal to ryan already that he was a cop but it was not um, something covered off <laughs> well, on the wall. There was a picture that just looked like there was an explosion next to a police car, and I don't know what that was about. Oh, that's probably just a Jason Statham flick. He just has like instead of like pictures of, of family or or anything, he just has like screenshots from action <laughs> movies. Yeah, printed out and Remember framed. There's probably a poster. He's probably like, he brings his boys into his room every once in a while. I was like, this is what it could have been like. It wasn't, but it could have been like this. Well, we're back in the living room. And Ronnie and Martin engage in bad small talk until she confronts him and he admits his heart attack. She dismisses him as a lightweight and he proposes, annoyed. Yeah, a lot happens in about a minute scene. Yeah. I mean, this, this isn't surprising at all that the proposal was super dumb. It, it does explain all the weirdness with the ring, though. Kind of. <laughs> a little bit. But well, we know why uh, he didn't have a ring originally, and it makes sense that he would want to go get one and why she didn't necessarily pick it out herself. Yeah, actually, it doesn't explain that at all. <laughs> Clearly, she should have then gone and picked it out with him. That's like a very couply thing to do. The only thing, sure. it, the only thing it explains is why there was not a ring when, when he proposed. That's about right. it. That's 
Yeah. All right. I feel pretty good about this. I, I called that uh I called that he would fall over and that it would be a very non romantic proposal. So you, you did. I was surprised Ronnie wasn't in the room when he fell over, but you know. I like when she says, Did they use the paddles? Tell me when they've used the paddles. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Ronnie's just the chillest. Like she's she's great. Totally. It's a shame she's married into the cranes, but she's wonderful. Totally. I, I really like at the end when he does propose and and they both like the, the whole proposal is like um like annoyed kids like mad at each other. Just like yeah. well, maybe I am proposing. What then? Um and then at the end they're both like kind of happy but also just like confused. Just like what what did we just do? Yeah, Martin's confused face here was pretty good. But he is kind of a teenager this entire episode. Oh yeah. Totally. Do you think, Ryan, coming from the upside down, do you think that when we, like, once we've met Ronnie, once once we have the, the moment where she is introduced into the show, do you think that he will be more kind of old and grumpy and fuddy-duddy um, before her, and that he's the way he is now because she's making him more youthful? Because they do comment on him feeling more youthful in this episode because of her. Um, do, are, are you anticipating that she, he's going to be a much more kind of gruff and grumpy um, and kind of old guy? It's a good question. I, I Obviously, it's really hard to tell. I didn't think we were getting the proposal this episode with a clown episode. Um, Which is hilarious but, because you guessed that he would propose like three episodes in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really dropped the ball on this one. Uh, I think we're he's probably going to seem younger without ronnie i think ronnie highlights just how old he actually is Agreed. So, yeah we'll see but the upside down is expecting actually a more more fuddy daddy old man or okay. no wait sorry a younger a younger guy it's like you reverse yourself there i don't know <laughs> i'm confused i don't know why you're watching this in the most logical way you could no it's super normal it's not the format's fault well, Fraser plays us out with Daphne's only appearance, which is feeding them dinner. Martin tries to switch his healthy salad for whatever the fuck she made, but it is gross, so he switches back. Just seems like we could have left Daph out of this one. Uh, <laughs> You're uh, mad that she showed up at all? I just why pay her for that scene? She legit probably made like a hundred thousand dollars for that episode for just being in that one scene. Well, bear in mind. So, uh, for, I really only know this because I've I've listened to other podcasts where actual people in the industry talk about the shows. Um, but, um, they probably had a deal of what I think they call it pay, pay or pay to play, which yeah. is like, basically she's getting paid for the episode because she's contractually obligated to be in every episode. So they can yeah. write a scene for her, but if they don't, they still have to pay her. So, yeah. ah, I was gonna say, I joke about it a lot, but man, this really, this is a tough look. Yeah, it's not, it's not like it's that much better for Roz in this episode. She really w- did not add that much to the plot. I just don't get why, why wouldn't you swap? Why wouldn't Daphne be the one to show up to the hospital with Niles? Sure, that does make sense. But also, Roz's entire arc in this episode is bringing Fraser clothes. That's all she does. Does she bring him more clothes? She brings him the clown stuff, and then she brings him his like regular clothes while he's at the hospital. Just yeah, that would have made more Correct. sense for Daphne. Maybe it was like a. Maybe that scene was like, it was like a shooting thing that they were like, oh, she's not available. Like, Jane Leaves says something going on. Ethan, you are the only one who does research for the show. Was she actually pregnant during the <laughs> season or was it like a, a just a fake pregnancy? Oh. Do you know? Oh, I actually looked it up. 
She was not pregnant. She was not pregnant. Because okay. I, I can no. see, like, like maybe I know, that. Because I recall another storyline that is related to that. So, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. not. Yeah. What what I what I think it might have been is I think a lot of these actors and actresses were auditioning for other things with Fraser being out, so she might have been oh. an audition or filming something. She was going to her hot in Cleveland audition, Ronnie <laughs> or Occam's Razor. They didn't have anything to do with for her. <laughs> like every yeah. other episode. It doesn't even make sense that like she over in and cooking from just Ronnie and and Martin. Well, the, I mean, it, I, I thought at first that it made sense because early in the episode, Niles makes a point of saying Daphne's coming over for some heart healthy meals, like like they were gonna have a family dinner. But then that's undercut by the fact that Niles and Fraser <laughs> aren't at the table. Like, where are they? Are they playing squash? They're probably trying to scare each other. And probably in their dad's uh, underwear drawer. <laughs> Why is there so much women's stuff here? Let's keep trying it on. Uh, well, Ethan, this is an episode that you uh, specifically mentioned. is on kind of your list of episodes you would be interested in discussing. Uh, I want to know, tell me a little bit about why you wanted to come back for this one and uh, what you think of this episode. So it was mostly for the scare itself. I love that scene of him entering as a clown, grabbing the butcher knife, like... The whole thing is just like, you know, you already know what he's going for, but then it's like piece by piece, they make it make it better and better until the, the moment finally happens. And so that that's really the reason I wanted to go for it. And I got to say, even though I always thought the proposal to Ronnie and was and basically unnecessary, I think they were just like, well, we need something for Martin to do at the end of the series, basically. It was still like a, a, a decent overall episode, and I liked, and I don't think I could have told you beforehand that the football ball line was in it, but I do, that is one that, uh, yeah, like had, had stuck with me since we saw it those years ago when the episode was new. So overall, I give it a good amount of Frasierness. I like this episode and uh, glad I picked it. It's it is full of Frasier. All right, Brad, did you uh, did you think this was a good episode? Yeah, I, I, I disagree a little bit with uh, um, with what your brother said. Um, I, I just to me, this episode was just OK, really, even like a little below average for me. There were some funny parts. There were some fine parts, but there was also some kooky parts, some stupid parts. I'm going to go with a C, C, a solid C. A C, C. A C, C. You don't like kooky parts? That makes no sense. You're kooky yourself. You know, sorry, I'm just being honest. (laughs) Uh, Curtis, what did you think of this episode? I'm very much in line with my brother. I think that uh, we probably had a similar experience. I, this, of all the episodes in this season, this is the one I really remember probably because it's got such a bizarre and memorable scene. I mean, Frazier's a clown with a cleaver. There's a hard to forget that. Um, but I had some genuine laughs in this one. I thought it was really fun. Uh, I didn't think it had too much, too many, other than the nurse thing. I don't, and, and Daphne being weirdly not present. Um, I feel like it didn't have too many misses. Um, I, I, of course, am, am ranking the episodes so, um, of the total of nine episodes we've seen, hey, actually, I, I'm, I'm hesitant on this, but I'm going to put it at the top. I think this is the best episode we've gotten. And I don't know, honestly, if it's nostalgia making me say that, or if I really think it is better than the others we've gotten. But 
Uh, I think this might be the number one so far in our rewatch. Oh, pretty early for Frasier, though. Well, I think I've had like three or four episodes that were number one because there are just so many, so few episodes we've done. It's not hard to yeah. rise to the top of the the pile. Uh, Ryan, what about you? You know, in the Upside Down, this is all new. How do you like this one? So this is, uh, I think, it's not the best episode. Frank wasn't in it, so it's big knock there. But it, it was actually a very good episode. Uh, this is another week in a row where I'm going to downgrade previous episodes. Oh, uh, yeah. The past two episodes are both going down a couple. I think point two notches. Um, this is, again, I, I liked this episode a lot. I think everything that they did was pretty good. You had easily your best Martin role, although I don't enjoy Martin so far. Still, I think this is probably your best Fraser role. He was great. Niles was great. Not peak Niles, but pretty close. As perfect use of Daphne. So just everything you could want. So I give this, I, I liked it a lot and I continue to have to readjust my expectations for the show. So we're giving this one a 8.6. So, so you're, you're calling this 8.6. Are you, are you adjusting the past episodes? I thought that's what you were going to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, I think I downgraded two episodes ago. That's now I believe a 7.9 and the other one was an 8.3. Just, just, for, just for the audience, <laughs> you, you, that episode match game episode 18 of this season that you originally gave an 8.3 then you downgraded it to an 8.1 you're saying now it's a 7.9 it's at below eight yeah correct okay and then coots and ladders the very last episode we watched that was an 8.3 you're giving it now an 8.1 yeah that's correct and this episode even stronger than both of those it's an 8.6 at the start yeah I, i like this episode a lot i'm sure it'll go down next week but i thought this was great this is going to be quite the awkward running gag where like in like five episodes, you're going to have like seven, seven rankings to downgrade. <laughs> I, I don't remember anything past the last two, so it's fine. Okay. So we'll just, we'll just solidify it. So if you're, if you're there's, running there's, the wiki. There's, there's pre-Frank and there was post-Frank. If you're running the, uh, the official reverse psychology wiki that I assume fans have already started making, uh, make sure that a score is not final until two more episodes have passed. Yeah, it'll be pretty safe two episodes from now well uh why don't you tell us uh what we should expect from next week uh when we cover the previous episode it's season 11 episode 15 caught in the act somebody's doing it we know it's not fraser and Roz would never have anything this important to do so the question remains is it the old people or the young people it's funnier if it's the old people so marty and ronnie get busted on the sofa Niles is forever traumatized. Frazier, fearing work burnout, looks for a date at some some wine mixer. Roz attends as well because they are besties. The mixer goes well till he whines too much. Daphne was not as traumatized as Niles. Well, we will uh, see if any of that happens next week. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music. And as for you, dear listener, we don't need you to engage with us. Uh, we don't need you to email us your thoughts or questions at reversepsychpod at gmail.com. You don't need to tell your friends. You certainly don't need to share the podcast on social media. And whatever you do, you better not subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this show. So for myself, Ryan, and Brad, I'm not calling again. Fuck you. Drop the powder room. Drop the powder room. Drop the power room. Drop the powder room. Blue. Drop that.
Drop that, drop that powder room. I'll, I'll come up with, I'll, I'll come up with something better next time we have a powder room. Keep that on my list. <laughs>